Welcome to The Cauldron, a podcast hosted by Ed Bolton Greer, the creator of Ravensvale. In each episode, Ed will have free-flowing conversations about horror, life, culture, and personal growth. Expect to hear from storytellers, authors, horror experts, life gurus, thought leaders, and influencers. The Cauldron is a place where concoctions of a lot of ideas are brewed down to potions that are sometimes important and useful, sometimes eccentric and bizarre, but always just what you need. The Cauldron podcast may contain explicit language and thematic elements not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Well, hey there, family. Welcome to the Ravensville Cauldron. I'm your host, Ed Bolden Greer, and I'm joined today by my guest co-host, Jacob Garner. Hello, hello. This is the fourth episode of our six-part series, Jacob's Haunting. In this series, we're going to look at five of the darkest urban legends of Appalachia. You may also recall that my co-host Jacob suffers from phasmophobia. For those of you who don't know, phasmophobia specifically refers to an intense, abnormal fear of ghosts, but the word is also commonly used to describe an individual who has an intense and prodigious fear of the supernatural or the paranormal. So Jacob, now that the holidays are behind us and we're back from our hiatus, we can finally take a deep breath and dive into this new year. Did you happen to listen to the Christmas episode? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Come on. You know I'm going to support our sister podcast. So what'd you think? I mean, I know I sound biased, but I am amazed at Jared's creativity with the Kologeist, and I really liked your rendition of Ravensvale Night Before Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, really stunned at how you interwove the Ravensvale universe into that story. And uh, no spoiler, but the twist in the Coltergeist episode was genius. You guys should check it out. I, I, I was very happy we were able to kind of interweave those two stories together and then also interweave it into the Ravensville universe. So, family, it's not too late for you to go listen to the Ravensville Christmas podcast. I promise you, you won't regret it. Family. Today, we're taking a moment to talk to you again about a very important issue that affects millions of people worldwide. Uh, We're talking about human trafficking and slavery. Yeah, like we uh, said in the previous podcast, January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month, a time when we raise awareness about these heinous crimes and work together to prevent them. Human trafficking is a form of modern-day slavery where people are exploited through force, fraud, or coercion in various forms of labor or commercial sex. It's a global problem that does not discriminate. It affects men, women, and children of all ages and backgrounds. But together, we can make a difference. We can educate ourselves about the signs of human trafficking. We can support organizations that work tirelessly to rescue victims and prosecute offenders. We can advocate for stronger laws and regulations to protect victims and prevent these crimes. And most importantly, we can spread the word and raise awareness. This month, let's stand together against human trafficking and slavery. Let's be the voice for those who can't speak for themselves. If you would like more information about where you can find resources and information, look on the Ravensville website. Remember, your actions matter. You have the power to make a difference. Together, we can end human trafficking and slavery. Before we dive into this episode, I want to remind everyone that next week's episode continues the Jacob's Haunting series. In fact, it's the last episode of the Jacob's Haunting series, uh, and it'll be about the bloody hook. 
If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our sister podcasts, the Ravensvale Podcast and the Ravensvale Coven, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we're going to talk about one of the most famous cryptids in Appalachian folklore, the Mothman. Yeah. The Mothman is a creature that has been described as a large, winged humanoid with glowing red eyes. It was first sighted in November 1966 near the town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. So, what is the truth behind the Mothman? Is it a real creature, a supernatural entity, a psychological phenomenon, or just a myth? These are the questions that we'll try to answer in this episode as we dive deep into the history and mystery of the Mothman. Jacob, at the end of our last episode, you said you were excited about the Mothman episode. After all your research, are you still excited? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. What have you learned about the Mothman? All righty. So the Mothman. I know a lot of our listeners have probably heard or at least seen information about the Mothman. He's pretty popular in pop culture nowadays. Uh, I, I also, when I was doing research for this episode, found a lot of like really cute renditions of the Mothman. Uh, I'll be sure to link some of that at the end of the episode. Um, I, I know we've talked about it several times, but I keep going back to when we were at CreepyCon, uh, which is coming up August 2nd uh, through the 4th. Uh, and we saw the guy with the Mothman costume on. So cool. It was so cool. It was so awesome. Speaking of a cute costume. Oh, uh, yeah. That one was very well made. Very well done. So the Mothman, for those who aren't familiar, is a creature reportedly seen around the Point Pleasant area in West Virginia starting in the 1960s. Uh, It's mainly described as a large-winged humanoid. It's often associated with really ominous events that we'll go over. The sightings and legends surrounding the Mothman have become part of popular folklore, not just Appalachian folklore, and inspired various books and movies. A little bit of information about Point Pleasant. Point Pleasant is a small city in Mason County, West Virginia, and here are some key characteristics of Point Pleasant. It's situated along the Ohio River, providing scenic views of the water and the surrounding landscape. It is in the western part of the state near the border with Ohio. The area has a lot of historical significance, which you know I'm a big fan of, particularly related to the Battle of Point Pleasant in 1774, which was a conflict during Lord Dunmore's War. And there's actually a state park commemorating the battle. A little fun tie-in for me, when I went to Colonial Williamsburg, I actually got to walk around Lord Dunmore's mansion. And they actually spoke about this battle, too, which was really, really cool. That's really cool. Uh, He did not fight the Mothman in any records that I found. Well, that we know of. (laughs) That we know of, right, (laughs) Obviously, Point Pleasant is mainly known for the Mothman connection. It gained actual international attention due to the Mothman sightings in the 60s. So this little, like, nowhere town gets put on the map by Mothman. The Mothman legend is deeply intertwined with the city's identity, and it has become a focal point for a lot of enthusiasts and tourists who are interested in the paranormal or the cryptid space. The Silver Bridge, which connected Point Pleasant to Galapolis, Ohio, collapsed in 1967, leading to changes in bridge safety regulations. But the tragedy is a very significant part of the city's history, and it is hand-in-hand with the Mothman legend. 
Also, fun fact about Point Pleasant, if we get to go, they actually have a Mothman Museum which features exhibits and memorabilia related to the Mothman legend, really cool statues and stuff that you can take pictures next to. The uh, museum attracts visitors interested in cryptozoology and Hmm. a lot of paranormal phenomenon and uh, a bunch of alien hunters as well. So right up your alley. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I really hope people vote for me to go to this one. Darn, (laughs) I should have picked some other kind of scary thing. Also, if you're ever in Point Pleasant or around the area, they have an annual Mothman Festival. It was suspended um, from 2020 to 2022, but they they have now picked it back up, and it's back with a vengeance. (laughs) Super, super cool. It draws attendees from various locations to celebrate the cryptid through activities, vendors, and a bunch of guest speakers, people that were either related to people that claimed to have seen the Mothman or people that initially started reporting on it. So – just out of curiosity, I wonder if they have the first two couples that reported it back in November well, one thing 1966. I th- when I looked it up online, uh, their speakers that they had listed said to be announced. So, Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, that would be really <laughs> that cool. That would be really cool, the original people who reported it. They also do a bunch of like little community events. Everything around Point Pleasant is basically based off of the the Mothman legend. I mean, he single-handedly built the economy for Point Pleasant, it feels like, after 1960s. Um, but they, it's like your typical southern Appalachian small town, you know. Let's go ahead and go over some descriptions of the Mothman. Now, unlike other cryptids or paranormal entities that we've gone over so far, where the descriptions can really range wildly, and it's not very consistent, the Mothman actually stays pretty consistent in the way that a lot of people describe it. I agree. It's almost always described the same. Exactly. Which, to me, leads a lot of credence that he must have existed, right? Or exists. We're assuming, for the sake of this podcast, every bit of research that I looked into referred to Mothman and referred to him as he, right? So Yeah. I don't even think that it has a construct for gender, but I'll get into that later. So we'll get into the appearance. Uh, It's a humanoid figure, bipedal, stands on two legs with two arms, and has a large set of wings on the back. It's been described as having a wingspan generally around 10 feet wide. Uh, And that's anatomically and physiologically, it would have to be about 10 feet if they were functional wings for for a humanoid. Exactly. Um, The eyes are a trademark of the Mothman. Right. Glowing, dark red. Uh, It's probably the most distinct feature that a lot of people notice first about it. And it's always mentioned in every eyewitness account. Now, when we were talking about the moon-eyed people, you said something about if they had had red eyes, that would have terrified you. (laughs) Yeah. But the Mothman doesn't? No, because I think Mothman, I think he's a friend or an ally more so than the moon-eyed people. I would assume. You know he's not a plushie, right? No, but they make some really cute plushies. I actually saw some around Christmas time when I was shopping. They had Mothman Squishmallows, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, that'd be fun. So when it comes to the size of the Mothman, uh, most reports suggest that he's around seven feet tall and with a muscular bulky build, too. Um, The color 
Its body and wings are often described as a dark or grayish in color. Most of the descriptions of the Mothman take place at night or when the sun is setting. So a lot of the time, the descriptions of him mainly go around his shape and his size. And the color, I mean, if you think about Mothman as a creature living in the area, of course, it would behoove him to be able to blend into the nighttime scenery of the Appalachian Mountains. I've also heard that Mothman has white wings. Yeah, there were a couple reports where Mothman, he's been described as almost like an off-white color, like a traditional moth. But the overwhelming majority of sources I saw kind of compared him to like the color of a bat almost. Another huge distinction about Mothman, unsurprisingly, is that he is described most of the time as being perched in a high area and then immediately flying. But the weird part about him is that he has been described as flying at very high speeds with an unusual and erratic pattern, almost unnatural. Uh, I don't want you guys to picture the moth that constantly binks its head up against your light bulb on your front porch. The Mothman was more like a like a fighter jet version of a moth from a lot of the eyewitness accounts that I've read. He also uh, makes a noise. So a lot of accounts that I read in the very first sightings of the Mothman, they all mentioned a high-pitched sound, kind of like a, like a screech or screech. skrill vibration sort of noise. In the local folklore surrounding Point Pleasant, sightings of the Mothman are sometimes considered ominous with connections to tragic events or disasters. But it's important to note that the descriptions of the Mothman's characteristics can vary and are part of, like, obviously the most intriguing and mysterious part about a lot of cryptids. They're very elusive. If it was easy to see them, then we could have a very textbook definition of the Mothman. But as many people who are interested in cryptids, it's very hard to get a group of people to agree on what they all saw. But I found it very interesting about the connection between him being ominous with his appearance um, whenever he decides to show up. The characterization of the Mothman as evil or friendly is ambiguous and varies depending on different interpretations and beliefs. In the folklore and the pop culture that I looked into, the Mothman is often associated as being kind of like a harbinger of disaster. Not the one that causes it, but one that's always there when something bad happens. Mainly that comes from the proximity to the reported sightings preceding the Silver Bridge collapse, and we will go over that sighting. However, it's pretty much essential to understand that there is no general consensus on the Mothman. Uh, while a lot of the descriptions of him and what he does is pretty consistent, you'll see in the accounts that I give, there's slight variations. But again, I believe that the overall totality of all of the eyewitness accounts I found of the Mothman, they hold water to me. And then, of course, you've got your skeptics, various Various people have tried to attempt to explain the Mothman phenomenon. Some suggest that it could be a misidentified bird, like an owl, or some other sort of wildlife. I don't know about you, Dr. B. Uh, I have never seen an owl that had a 10-foot wingspan. No, not me either. 
And I don't generally describe owls as muscular and bulky in appearance. <laughs> nope. I think you're right on. Uh, I've seen a couple of other proposals that the Mothman is extraterrestrial or has some sort of interdimensional origin, which got me excited. And I kind of went down <laughs> a little bit of a little rabbit hole on that one, too. Skeptics view the sightings as hoaxes or products of mass hysteria brought about by like stress of tragic events that took place. But and a lot of like, I don't know, this is just my amateur like viewpoint on it. A lot of very tragic events that have happened throughout history. It's not very common that somebody goes, oh, and by the way, during the like bombing of Pearl Harbor, I saw a giant bat creature flying around. Or when the San Francisco earthquake collapsed the Bay Bridge, nobody said anything about, hey, also there was a giant bat flying around. Right. And, and I think that one of the things that always makes me question or or leads me to believe a little bit more is that there are eyewitnesses like David Gallo, uh, who was a psychologist, who I think in my research was the last sighting. Yes. But it happened more in the Chicago area. uh, And that was in 2017 uh, when he saw the Mothman. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I look at uh, people like that who have uh, credentials and Mm -hmm. credibility and I can't discredit that. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. Uh, remember when we went to the Haunts and Legends Expo? Absolutely, yeah. One thing that really, I think, lends a lot of credibility to some of the accounts like Mr. Gallows is they are successful people that actually have something to lose by coming out and saying, hey, I believe that I saw something I can't explain, cryptid, paranormal, or otherwise. Right. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. There are obviously a bunch of various theories that try to explain a Mothman, and I will go over them. So, the first one. Obviously, Mothman is a cryptid or some sort of unknown species. They believe that the Mothman is a yet-to-be-determined cryptid or an undiscovered species. Again, possibly a large bird or owl. I even saw one theory saying that maybe it was some sort of pterodactyl like creature that somehow survived. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Appalachian mountain range is pretty big and dark and pretty remote. So, I mean, who knows? I like that theory, though, that it's a dinosaur. I just recently watched Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, that would be cool. I just, I think we would have seen or found evidence of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's also paranormal or supernatural explanation uh, for the Mothman. Some theories suggest that it could be an otherworldly being or an interdimensional entity that can somehow predict tragic events before they occur, and then it observes as they play out. So so it's a sentinel. It's an interdimensional sentinel. I know you would love for it to be uh, otherworldly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what you're saying is that it's an interdimensional sentinel that just comes when there's something going on. Yeah, because the Mothman always has a perfect vantage point for a lot of the events that take place, including the bridge collapse. It's almost like if it was from a separate dimension where time and space are kind of one and the same, that it would have the knowledge to then fly to these areas and then observe 
whatever okay. takes place. Okay. Or, or in one report that I was reading or one theory, uh, this interdimensional creature is there to create the event Ooh. to change the timeline. Yeah. I could see that. Almost like even though some of the events that it is associated with being the harbinger for are tragic, maybe it was preventing something else entirely. Yeah. I mean, the I, Silver Bridge collapse led to a complete overhaul of how the U.S. Department of Transportation builds bridges, and they instituted a bunch more safety regulations. Like we've gone over previous, Mothman is sometimes considered an omen or a warning of impending disasters. The ideas stem from the Mothman's proximity to a lot of those tragic events, the most pivotal one obviously being the Silver Bridge collapse in which 47 people tragically died. The mass hysteria theory that we kind of went over earlier is sometimes used as an explanation for the Mothman. I, I just, yeah, I just don't see it. I, I can see that if that happened one time, people explain things away with mass hysteria that way, but not yeah. repeated. Oh, yeah. And, and not, you know, when we look back to the original sighting, it was two couples. Yeah, exactly. There was nothing happening like a mass hysteria event that would have caused that. Yeah, like they weren't running out of their house burning down or their car bursting in the flames or anything like that. Right. They were just in the woods. Yeah, it was just two couples out driving around. Yeah, so I I really don't see the mass hysteria thing holding any water. No. And here's one that I really enjoyed, the UFO connection. <laughs> I knew you were going that way. So when I was doing the research, I don't know if you found this as well, but there apparently was quite a bit of UFO activity going on around the time people started seeing the Mothman around Point Pleasant. So some have suggested that there is a connection between Mothman being either the sentinel or kind of, I guess, drone for these extraterrestrial beings. So a bioengineered machine? Kind of, yeah. Maybe more seen like a scout. Oh, like, uh, like one of them. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, with his ability to fly very quickly and navigate the Appalachian region as easily as he did, he was perfectly suited to then travel to whatever areas he was going to investigate and observe. I mean... You couldn't build a better version of a scout than one that can fly and uh, fly at night, you know? I guess that makes sense. So I decided, since I was obviously intrigued with the UFO connection, to kind of look into some of the UFO sightings around Point Pleasant. They do have coinciding timelines with the Mothman. So several eyewitnesses reported seeing unusual lights or objects in the sky around the same time as the Mothman sightings in the 60s. And that also is where a lot of people draw the connection, that Mothman is either the alien hopping out of the ship and observing stuff, or maybe reporting back what he saw to the aliens once he got back to the UFO. It's important to note that the descriptions of the UFOs and the, you know, things kind of flying around in the sky, they were very different than how they described the Mothman. Your classic flying saucers or triangles in the sky, definitely not a large winged beast flying around. But there were also some unexplained lights. So witnesses around this time described seeing lights or objects that exhibited sort of the similar unconventional flight patterns 
that can't really be easily explained by conventional aircraft at the time. Kind of like the Brown Mountain Lights. Bingo. So um, there's a, a Reddit that I looked at when I was doing my research, and there's a person on Reddit called Cryptic Mastery. It's a fun and, name. Yeah, and I thought I'd just read this. It says, the Mothman is a creature that lives in the in-between. It lives in a limbo zone between spirit and the living. It is attracted to death and can sense a death or many deaths. Um, and so it comes like a moth drawn to the flame Ooh. to those deaths. Hmm. He's kind of like um, so that that in between could be inter- interdimensional. Yeah, and it could be extraterrestrial. I really like that theory too. He's kind of like the the ferryman that takes people to the underworld almost. Yeah, I'm not sure that they're <laughs> calling him death here. <laughs> He's attracted to the death. Oh, okay. And I will offer the last theories that I saw. Most of them are around like. A psychological break of some sort, you know, like uh, sleep paralysis or hallucinations uh, have been proposed to explain the sightings. But I mean, come on. How can you be at a bridge collapse and then everybody just collectively fall asleep Sleep, yeah. and then imagine it, you know? Or four people out in a car in the 60s driving around, probably going to make out point or something oh, like yeah. that. Just falling asleep together? Yeah, and they all envision the same, same paralysis demon. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No. I think we can I can we I think we can collectively, you and I can collectively put that into the take a nap on that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the, the hallucination theory too. I mean, I, I checked into it. There wasn't like a large amount of psychedelics in the public water supply at Point Pleasant. <laughs> so I know it was the sixties. I doubt it though. I yeah, doubt that I doubt everybody that just mass hallucinated the and, Mothman. And Jacob, I doubt that it's suggestive group delusion. No, oh, it yeah. just doesn't make sense. Yeah, like one person showed up at Point Pleasant and said, all right, everybody, let's get our stories straight about what we all saw, right? Yep. <laughs> so I have a chronological list of all of the Mothman sightings. Uh, But specifically, when he was the most active, and this was from 1966 to 1967, there have been scattered reports, like we talked about earlier, uh, that said Mothman's been sighted in other places. But this is where we see some of the most absolutely documented, general, agreed-upon sightings of the Mothman. Okay. So we talked about the couple. Uh, or the couples that claimed to have seen the Mothman. That was on November the 16th. But the day prior is actually the very first reported sighting I have of the Mothman with multiple people. So on November the 15th in 1966, this was the very first widely reported sighting of the Mothman by five men in a cemetery near Clendenin, West Virginia. The five men were in the cemetery preparing a grave when they claimed to have seen a large creature gliding above the trees. This event marked the beginning of series of sightings in the Point Pleasant area of the Mothman. This obviously contributed to the legend. The very next day, on November the 16th, two couples reported encountering a large bird-like creature with glowing red eyes near the McClintic Wildlife Management Area. And it's reported that it chased them while they were running through the woods and they would look up through the branches of the trees 
and they could clearly tell this thing was following them. That is horrifying. That, yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel, I don't know, it gives me the creeps. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, too, I would imagine a creature that can fly, especially with a 10-foot wingspan, it could clearly catch up to them. It probably circled around them multiple times as they were running through the woods. Talk about a crappy date. Yeah. <laughs> On November the 25th, a large bird-like figure was reported near the power plant in the north area of Point Pleasant. It was kind of flying around the larger buildings. A couple of overnight guards reported seeing what they thought was a person perched on one of the buildings to the south of the power plant, only to when they called out and shined their flashlights on it, that it reveal its humongous wings and just fly off. That uh, I when I first read that it gave me goosebumps. Yeah, because I could see myself being like, "Oh man, some lunatic just climbed up to this building." Hey, buddy, get oh my god! <laughs> I, I imagine that the guards looked at each other and then probably were like, "Do we even attempt to report this?" I mean, you saw it too, right? <laughs> On December the fourth, later that year, uh, two volunteer firemen near the TNT area which was a former World War II munitions storage site, reported yeah. also seeing the Mothman. I think that it's kind of interesting when you read about some of the reports of the Mothman sightings that if we go off of the theory that it was some sort of extraterrestrial being observing us, it kind of seems like it wanted to see, all right, so these these creatures, they, they have buildings that generate electricity that's very interesting oh man also they have an area where they store other objects of a lot of energy potentially in them too it, it seems like it was gathering a lot of information about us you you i know you want it to be oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> very biased on my opinion it, of the month <laughs> uh, 3 days later Thomas Urey reported seeing a large bird with red eyes near the Mason County Airport. Again, I, I'm not uh, whatever. What, what is it called? If ornithologist or somebody that studies birds? Yeah. How many birds have giant red eyes? None. Yeah, not that I'm aware of. Also, going with my theory that it was observing, I think that once it started to take note of how we generate power. I mean, an aircraft is pretty powerful, too. And maybe Mothman was impressed with the ability of human beings able to control flight like he does. Well, let me let me go back and correct something. There are birds with red eyes. There's no birds with red glowing eyes. <laughs> okay. I don't want to, you know, be canceled or called out. There are birds with red eyes, just not red glowing eyes. Excellent. Well, I, I can tell that a bird watcher or two is probably furiously typing an yeah. email, being like, well, actually, <laughs> I'm sure none of those birds are seven feet tall, though, right? Right. <laughs> and now we're going to move to the most significant date associated with the Mothman, which was December the 15th, 1966. This was the period leading up to the collapse of the Silver Bridge, during which multiple sightings were all reported. Almost like the Mothman was laying in wait for something it knew it was going to see. The Silver Bridge collapse was a tragic event that occurred on December the 15th, 1967, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. 
the Silver Bridge was the connecting point between Point Pleasant to Gallopius, Ohio. Wow. That word's just really hard to say. I seriously, what the listeners aren't going to hear is how many times I had to yeah, go. Over. I think it's Galopolis. <laughs> Galopolis. <laughs> if anybody listening is from this area, please send me a voice memo uh, to tell me how you guys pronounce it, please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> the collapse resulted in the loss of 46 lives and had a significant impact on how we build bridges moving forward. So here are some key details about the Silver Bridge collapse. The collapse was attributed to the failure of a single eye bar in the oh. bridge. Uh, it was part of the suspension chain that keeps the bridge up, obviously. The eye bar had a small manufacturing defect that nobody noticed when they were building it. And with stress and corrosion cracking it, it just weakened it over time to the point to where during a rush hour traffic it just reached its breaking point the collapse occurred during the evening rush hour causing several vehicles to plunge into the icy waters of the ohio river down below the tragedy unfolded in literally a matter of seconds it's all it took yeah. people were driving home or driving to go on a date whatever and then boom like that I think it's important to also note that they can identify that it was a manufacturing fault here, mm -hmm. and it's never been attributed to the Mothman causing it. 46 people ultimately lost their lives in the collapse, and countless others were injured. It was one of the deadliest bridge disasters in the country, okay? But the reason why Mothman is connected to it, and I found the number to be kind of ominous too, is that it occurred approximately 13 months after the first reported Mothman sightings in the area. Some locals and enthusiasts speculate that the Mothman sightings were kind of like a, a warning almost to the people. I mean, I don't know how unless he was flying around with a giant sign that said, hey, don't take the Silver Bridge on your way home tonight. Or if he was like, you know, making messages with smoke behind him in the air like an airplane. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not see. I I understand they've made that connection, but you know, many years later, I don't see that connection. Yeah, I don't either. Shortly after the Silver Bridge collapse takes place, the sightings of the Mothman basically dry up. Nobody really sees him around the Point Pleasant area anymore. But it clearly left a huge impact on everybody that lived there. So it's interesting to note that he's been seen uh, in Chicago and in Germany around the world, yeah. but nobody saw him in West Virginia since that point until recently. Yeah, until recently. I, I think that it's an interesting fact about the Mothman, almost as if, you know, he had seen all he needed to see. Maybe I would say less fact, more theory. Yeah, yeah. I think that Mothman, and I'll get to my theory about what he was, I think once he observed the failings of a bridge and a lot of human beings died as a result, maybe he kind of thought, well, there's not much more to look at out through here. I think you're stretching it. <laughs> I don't know. There was one theory I read about him being that interdimensional being where maybe emotion is something that he feeds off of yeah and maybe that's why he was terrorizing so I mean, let's look at the sightings the first one right cemetery somber 
People are digging a grave. Point Pleasant's not a very large town, especially not back in the 60s. More than likely, the people digging the grave knew the person they were digging the grave for. There's emotion there, right? Then you've got two couples, madly in love, right? Well, emotion there. none of the reports said they were madly in love, but they were probably going to do some passionate things that night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think when you look at his sightings at like a, a power plant, a lot of people working, it's a high stress job. There's emotions there. You've also got the airport, people traveling. I mean, you've traveled at an airport. It's very <laughs> stressful. <laughs> Jacob, I'm just going to say, I really, I really love that you try to find the best in all of these theories. Oh, yeah. But th- th- this theory is just not going anywhere. Well, I'm hoping that my overt love for the Mothman <laughs> is a such an outpour of emotion <laughs> that he will clue in and come see me. Right. In Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Good Mothman, luck. if you're listening, actually, I love you, bro. <laughs> come hang out. So, outside of most of the sightings we have, they're very sporadic after 1967. Lots of reports, like what Dr. Bolden was saying earlier about, you know, was he in Europe? You know, Germany wasn't the only country that claimed to have seen the right. Mothman. I read something about people in Switzerland seeing them and Norway. Typically, where dark giant forests are is where Mothman seems to like to hang out. And I'm just saying, too, I'm not sure what the Mothman runs off of or eats or if he even eats, but I could reasonably see him just flying around everywhere. He eats death. Or emotions. Yeah. (laughs) The sightings of the Mothman are very sporadic, usually with one or two people claiming to see him. It's not like it was during the 60s where you had tens and you know some reports are hundreds of people claiming to see the mothman we haven't had that mass reporting that has occurred but please if anybody listening has seen the mothman or know somebody that has seen him recently we'd love it if you guys sent us a message yeah go to our facebook account ravensville podcast network and get leave us a comment yes well jacob what are your final thoughts about the mothman okay i know it's going to surprise you Mothman is an alien. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's here's my theory. Okay. Mothman is an alien observing human beings, sort of like a living drone. Okay. Once he saw the lackluster construction and the silver bridge, he probably deemed us to be an unintelligent race of beings and just dipped. And that's why he's been flying all over the world trying to observe what humanity has to offer. Well, Jacob, thank you very much. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's a very uh, unique uh, outtake here. Oh, yeah. Um, for the family, uh, remember, there's a thing called the Mothman Festival. And Mothman Festival 2024 uh, is an annual event. It's usually held in the third weekend of September. Mm-hmm. This year, it's going to be held on September 21st and 22nd in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Here we go. You, we might be going. For more information, you can go to their website at mothmanfestival.com. Well, family, that's it for this episode of Jacob's Haunting. I'm Ed Bolden. And I'm Jacob Garner. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you like what you've heard, make sure you join us next week to find out what Jacob thinks as we journey into the dark mysteries of the bloody hook. If you haven't already, you can head over to the Ravensville Coven and listen to Ed's unique version of the bloody hook called The Hook, Narrow Escape. 
I'm pretty sure that was the one that you did at Appalachian Horror Fest, correct? Yep. You guys should check it out. It's really good. <laughs> he also has named one of the characters after, after yours you. truly. Now, family, you adults have a few chores to do. If you haven't already, go on over to ravensvale.com and see about doing your chores on social media. Follow us on all the social media platforms that we've made available just for you guys. You can find the Ravensville Cauldron podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you hit that follow button to stay updated on our latest episodes. And while you're at it, please tell your friends about us, won't you? So until next time, family, see, see you, you soon. soon. The Cauldron is a production of Small Raven Media. Today's episode was hosted by Ed Bolden-Greer with guest co-host Jacob A. Garner. Audio engineering and sound design by Nick Devan at Nikki D. Sound. Copyrighted 2023. Small Raven Media. All rights reserved.